Welcome back to Podcast 78 of 2022. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OB Kiev. Follow us the Osbreakers. Follow us on social media slash the Osbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by BetRivers.com. For your 100% sign-up bonus up to 250 bucks. please visit BetRivers. Use the promo code ODDS22. Terms, conditions, and location apply. If you'd like to support the Osbreakers and benefit from our premium plays, please visit theOddsBreakers.com. Click shop and become a member and pick any of our winning handicappers, including myself, to get their premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit the Osbreakers and become a free picks newsletter subscriber. How about that Powerball, my friends? What's it worth, like $700 million after tax? It was all the way up to $2.1 billion, I believe. That's on the annuity if you do some every year for 20 years. Then the cash out option was probably close to, I think, like $1.2 billion, which after tax, I was hearing something like $700 million. Man, <laughs> feel sorry for the winner of that one, right? Well, to be honest with you, just think about it. You know, it, does money really solve all your problems? You know, maybe you should be thankful that you didn't win the Powerball. You know, just imagine all the people coming out of the woodwork that were maybe just acquaintances, maybe slight friends of yours coming to congratulate you for winning the Powerball. When they'd even congratulate you when you like got married or had your first child or something like that. Just everybody coming out of the world. And then you have to feel completely guilty for not helping them out. You know, imagine that, you know, you completely saved yourself from all of those problems and all the family problems because money in big families never helps anything, right? Big lawsuits at the end, brothers and sisters and siblings just not getting along and uh, just a total mess. And, And then look at all the taxes you pay. You know, taxes on pretty much everything and every bit of income that you make, uh, property taxes on all the homes that you're going to buy, right? All the maintenance you have to take care of, all of that stress. Are you kidding me? Not to mention your kids, complete, complete drug addict losers. I mean, just look at the kids in Hollywood these days, you know? I mean, you think money helps kids out? <laughs> if anything, it ruins them. And then you have to even feel more guilty as a parent, right? So maybe that you should be thankful that you actually dodged that bullet of winning that Powerball. You know, maybe it'd be better just to win like, you know, 5 million or something, 10 million, just enough so you don't have to work anymore. Yet, you don't have to be feeling obligated to uh, be giving it away or having all the stress of it. So there you go. After listening to this podcast, you should be much happier for not winning those billions of dollars. Hell no, till the no, 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 hell till the no. <laughs> well, my friends, we have to earn things the hard way here. <clears throat> and so we're going to keep on rolling in the NFL. I am currently 57, 45, and seven, and sides and totals, four, four, and one. I'm sorry, four, five, and one in teasers and three and one in parlays dating back to the preseason, which puts us up about 22 units. 
And we have a great show for you today because I'm going to be going over our college football, which has been heating up over the past three or four weeks. And I'm going to bring in Andy Molitor from Betsperts and the Deep Dive Podcast to go over the full slate of NFL games for week 10. At the very end, going to go over the sharp money movement as well as a little bit of UFC 281. Going to give you some thoughts and a play that I've already made for MMA. Before we get into our guests and I get into some college football, I have a question from Alan about Michigan plus eight and a half minus 115 at FanDuel. I actually kind of like that play. I do like that play. I think Michigan should not be over a seven point dog right now, the way Ohio State's been playing and the way they've been playing. But he asks if he should take that minus 115 plus seven and a half and then take at Caesars. Uh, Ohio State at minus seven, so set up a little bit of a middle. Well, think about it this way. There's only one point that can middle that. But from a percentage standpoint, minus seven is a 75.21% chance of winning, and minus eight is an 80.21% chance of winning. What do we say? When you make a bet, you have to be over 2.4 percentage points sure to win that bet. Otherwise, in the long run, you're a loser. So your number has to be larger than that, right? If my number is minus 1.5 and the spread is minus one, it is poor decision for me to do it because it's only a 1.25 percentage point difference from minus one to minus 1.25, minus 1.5. So for this situation, let's say hypothetically, your number is eight, right? Well, first of all, at minus 115, it's a it's bigger. It's more like 3.67, 53.67%, right? So at the 3.67, you have to have an even bigger margin in the middle than that. Going both ways, you're actually giving up value with an only 5% because your number is eight. It's 2.4% from the bottom from minus seven going up, you have to give that much away in juice at minus 110, the 10 cents, 2.4%. From the minus 8.5 going down at 3.67%, right? So it's a losing bet in the long run of less, of course, you get some more information that moves your initial bet in the first place. So you would only do that if your number is in the middle and it's greater than a 2.4 percentage move on each side. So I hope that explains it a little bit better, but you should really never middle. And I've, I've screwed up on this myself before. I'm not perfect, but you should really never middle unless your number says it, right? Let's just say my number is minus eight on a game and the spread is minus four when I bet it. And now it's up to minus seven. Well, why would I buy back from minus seven down to minus four when my number is still minus eight? I'm giving up my own value. That's why I have my own numbers. Now, in the NFL, the market's usually a lot tighter than this anyway. But with injuries and everything, especially quarterback injuries, you might be in these situations anyway, just like the Bills. You know, what are the Bills with Allen? What are the Bills without Allen? That's the biggest uh, discussion going on the week right now. If you guys are curious about the numbers, Feel free to go to theoddsbreakers.com, 
go under betting info and trends, click introduction to sports betting 101. I explain this in a pretty long article, how the numbers uh, make a little bit more sense and how professional bettors actually look at it on a day-to-day basis. All right, well, we have a lot to talk about today, so let's get right into college football week 11, and I'm going to give you a few plays right off the bat, and then I'm going to just do a quick hodgepodge on some of the bigger games. I'm going to start with Liberty versus UConn. UConn is plus 14.5, total 45.5. Last week, I loved Liberty against Arkansas, and that money line sprinkle was even nicer above plus 400, Uh, just like the LSU one, actually, a little bit bigger than that one. But now it's time to fade, you know. Uh, Bad spot for Liberty coming off such a massive win for the program, Hugh Freeze. uh, And UConn's just kind of waiting there to make a statement on their own, (laughs) you know. This Husky team's under the leadership of Jim Mora. Um, Not exactly a juggernaut, but he's really improved them. Minus 1.88 yards per play last year to minus .76 yards per play and moving up. Uh, Liberty, Liberty, on the other hand, has that only one loss, a very close game to Wake Forest, but most of their schedule has been pretty easy. And they're only a net positive 0.89 yards per play themselves. Easy schedule, less than one net yard per play. Liberty wins with great defense. They showed that the first half against a sleeping Arkansas, but on offense, they only rank 101st in success rate and 86th in offensive EPA. UConn, has already got some big wins themselves versus Fresno State and Boston College. I think Liberty is ripe for the taking. Very vulnerable. Letdown spot. Dogs, according to Kyle Hunter, of 14 or more with a total of 46 or less are 279 and 232 or 54.6%, which goes in the way I'm betting this game. Take the Huskies port. Plus 14.5 for 2.5 stars. And remember... Sprinkle that shit. Wisconsin versus Iowa. Iowa plus one and a half. Total on this game is 35.5. My Lord. With this total, you would think you were watching Army versus Navy or something at the end of the year. Uh, If you asked me two or three weeks ago, I would have said this is a stay away game for sure. But now I feel that this Badger team has improved. And they're motivated. Wisconsin... Very solid rushing team, 4.88 yards per rush, but that does play into Iowa's strength on their defense, only allowing 2.63 yards per rush. Iowa, on the other hand, can't run the ball at all, 3.2 yards per attempt. Wisconsin's passing, on the other hand, looks average at 60% completion, 69th in pass EPA, but the stats don't show the improvement that they've made since Paul Chris got fired four weeks or so ago. Wisconsin was ranking 130th in pass EPA. And moving up to 69th is a pretty big move just one month later. Very solid improvement. uh, Iowa's offense ranks 121st in success rate. They can't run the ball and they can't pass the ball either. They're going to try to force turnovers. And that's something that's hard to handicap and hard to predict. I got to hope that Graham Mertz doesn't turn over the ball here. But I think the turnovers are equal or Wisconsin actually gets into the positive here. Wisconsin takes this game. Wisconsin's EPA margin ranks 32nd in all of college football. Iowa's ranks 113th. That's just offensive and defensive EPA margin. Take Wisconsin minus 1.5 for two stars. And so then I got a call from him saying, we don't have to worry about money no more. And I said, that's good. One less thing. 
Oklahoma versus West Virginia, plus eight, total 66. What is a good breakfast food that people love to put butter on top of? I'll give you the answer. It's Oklahoma. Because this team is freaking toast right now. (laughs) I mean, after that Baylor loss, they're out of it, pretty much. I mean, they're going to get a bowl game anyway. But why are they favored so much away from home? Yeah, what has Brett Venables done to deserve this? Beating Nebraska maybe away from home? Seriously? Uh, Oklahoma ranks 82nd in defensive success rate. Hardly a good matchup against a offensive-oriented team like the Mountaineers. West Virginia's weakness is against the pass, ranking 102nd in success rate, but the Oklahoma's not exactly lighting up themselves, ranking 51st in passing yards per attempt. You know, and I know some of those games didn't have Dylan Gabriel, but I saw them enough to know that they are a little bit fraudulent in some ways. West Virginia can win this and make and still be a make a bowl game. They can win out to make a bowl game. They have six losses, big spot for them. Oklahoma only has a 1.03 net yards per play advantage. That's worth about six or seven points in a neutral field, but this is away from home. They might struggle away from home in this situation. You know, when a a good team, or I guess a pretty good team, is favored by over a touchdown to a little bit below average team in college football. You really got to look at that a little below average team, especially when Oklahoma is looking ahead to Oklahoma State for their big rivalry game just next week. That's the one they care about. Take the Mountaineers plus eight. Do it for three stars. Pal, I'll kiss your boots if you can do it. But to be the man, you got to beat the man. And I'm saying, woo, right here. All right, let's look at a couple other quick games. Missouri, Tennessee. I mean, Missouri's plus 20.5, and they're an improved team. But Tennessee is, there's two ways they can look at it. They're still in the freaking playoffs. They'll get in over a one-loss Michigan. They'll probably get in over a one-loss Ohio State. You know, TCU has a huge hill to climb, and even if TCU makes it, Michigan, Ohio State out, Tennessee's in. They're the next team in. No way uh, Oregon that got smoked already by Georgia um, when Tennessee lost to Georgia by less would be put ahead of them. USC as well, you know, lost to Utah. Utah lost to Florida. But but I don't know if Tennessee's going to be in letdown mode. I don't know if they're going to be in get-up mode. This spread's probably pretty correct. Tennessee, bad defense, but not that bad. You know, as I mentioned before, I think their defense has improved. It just wasn't enough, in my opinion, to play them against Oklahoma or Georgia, the best team in football now. But when I look at my number on this game, it's probably pretty close. Uh, Minus 21.5. My number is 21.5. I just don't know where Tennessee's going to go with this one. And you can kind of say the same thing for Alabama. Alabama is probably out of it. But think about this. If TCU loses two games, let's say they lose this week, they're dog by seven to Texas. And by the way, if we're throwing out the yards that Oklahoma lost without Dylan Gabriel, why are we keeping Texas's big like 49 to zero win or whatever it was against Oklahoma in our numbers? Just just wanted to quick throw that out there. But wanted to say that TCU could have two losses. They could lose this week and the championship game. Baylor's got two losses. 
you know, maybe Oregon gets two losses. USC might lose to Notre Dame and then beat Oregon in the championship. Alabama's not completely out of this yet. I, I, I think they would not put Clemson in, but who knows? But I don't know what Alabama's thinking either because they have a big game against Ole Miss. They are favored by 11.5 points. This totals at 63.5. Do you think Alabama's defense comes in hard and strong like they should have done uh, against LSU? I don't know. I think their offense does. I feel this total is slightly a little bit low at 63.5. I'm not necessarily running to the window right now because maybe Ole Miss is that fraudulent and Alabama beats them bad. So that could always happen as well. My number on this game is Bama 11.25. So I'm pretty much right at the spread via my power ratings anyway. Clemson-Louisville, I have a premium play on that, so I will not be talking about that. Minnesota-Northwestern, Minnesota minus 17.5. Northwestern kind of figured out that they're the Tennessee Titans of football. Okay, apologies, apologies to Tennessee. Tennessee Titans with Malik Willis right now, not with... Tannehill, but Northwestern, if they just run the ball and control the clock the whole time, they can cover spreads. You know, you wonder if they kind of figured that out. You hope so. Uh, Big game for the Wildcats to finally get a victory here since that week zero Nebraska win that I watched from the Circa pool. App State Marshall, this is a good game right here. App State only minus one. You know what? I, I heard somebody else talking about this game. I want to look back because I remember losing on this game a while back before Marshall was in the Sun Belt. I'm going to look back a year or two. Um, App State beat them 31 to 30 last year at home, so they're probably on the they're on the road here. And then two years ago, it was just a back and forth game. App State. Won 17, or sorry, they lost 17 to 7. This is a stay away game for me. I'm sure my numbers favor App State. Let me just pull it up here. Uh, yeah, it's it's exactly 1.5. I, exa- I have App State minus 1.5, so I can't really do a hell of a lot with that. Troy versus Army. Troy minus 9. <laughs> That's tempting right there. That's tempting to take Troy here. Because Troy's defense is fantastic. And I think the, they're big enough up front to stop Army uh, against the run. I think they have a good shot at doing that. Army, the triple option team, can't throw the ball. If their triple option fails, they completely fail. They completely suck in the red zone. What, what, let me look at the red zone numbers here. Army's offense... Uh, 103rd in red zone scores, 57th in red zone percentage, 81st in red zone TDs. So not terrible, but are, are they, they also had a really bad schedule. So yeah, I mean, minus nine, probably lean in Troy still. Let me see what my number is. Minus seven. No. <laughs> see, sometimes uh, I forgot what I handicapped a couple days ago when I these lines first came out yeah this is a stay away game for me South Carolina Florida what a disgusting game that is Florida minus seven and a half what a what a perfect spread for it though geez you know it's funny this Washington Oregon game coming up I was seriously thinking about 
uh, going over. And as I was thinking, the number kept going up and up and up and up. It's at 72.5. I'm just going to tell you my number 76. Does it get to 76? I don't know. But when it gets to these really high numbers, it could be a touchdown that you just miss. Maybe they fumble in the red zone that completely throws you off this game. That's the problem. Both of these teams, great offenses. Oregon is not playing extremely fast like you would think they are. Their offense has just been amazingly efficient. Washington's playing fast. Let me see what Oregon's doing. They started out fast, but they only ranked 58th in tempo. Maybe part of the reason is because they're blowing teams out. Washington, on the other hand, 35th in tempo. They're playing a little faster. Neither of these defenses are in the top 75 in success rate. So probably a lot of passes. I still give you a strong lean to the over in this game. And then Georgia, obviously, at Mississippi State. Georgia minus 16 against Mississippi State. I, I mean, I love Mike Leach. He, he says some very funny things. Very funny things. But Georgia's the best team in football. Is this going to be one of those hiccups where they go to Missouri and just almost lose the game even though they outgain them by a ton? I can see that happening in this situation. Or is this going to be a massive dominant performance and Mississippi State can't even score? You know, I've seen a lot of that before too. Georgia number two in offensive success rate, number five in defensive success rate. I mean, they are the real deal here, and that's why they're number one. I should have had them number one in my rankings since week one. You know, I probably should have had them up there since week one. Seriously. But what kind of Georgia team are you going to get? This feels like a little bit of a flat spot for Georgia. Mississippi State, then at Kentucky, then home against Georgia Tech. Nothing really on your schedule to be too worried about. Mississippi State gives up about 5.4 yards per play. They get 5.6 yards per play. Giving up 33 points to Auburn. What the heck was that at home? Maybe they're just looking ahead to this game. You got beat by Bama at Bama by 24 points. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to lean to Mississippi State here just because it's a big spread and it's just a terrible spot for Georgia. (laughs) Even though my my power number is 19, though, right? So why would I go against that? There you have it. Those are the big games this week. If you'd like me to break down any games for better odds sports betting or for next week, feel free to reach out to us at the Odds Breakers. All right. Going to do UFC right now. Want to talk a little bit about the main event first. UFC 281. Israel Adesanya versus Alex Pereira. So Alex is about a plus 175, plus 160 at some books. And Izzy is only minus 210, the style bender. You know, you wonder why is Izzy only (laughs) minus 210? Well... Alex Pereira beat Israel Adesanya in kickboxing a couple times in his career. This was back in like 2016 and 2017 in the Glory of Heroes, a Chinese kickboxing promotion. The first time Pereira edged out a decision and the second time Pereira knocked Adesanya out. (laughs) You know, so that's pretty significant, you know. And that is why the line is looking low. Now, here's the thing. Pereira is a kickboxer. He has no grappling, really, skills. 
he's learning them. You know, he's improved himself some in that all-important segment of MMA fighting. <laughs> Super important. But so has so does Izzy. Izzy isn't a grappler himself. You know, he's a kickboxer himself. City kickboxing. That's where he trains. You know, so this is actually a very wide open fight for another kickboxer. Alex has been called the best in the business. We will see. I think this is a wonderful fight. And this is why Edesanya is not a big favorite. Now, to be honest with you, Edesanya has beaten up a lot of great fighters via kickboxing. Cannoneer is awesome. You know, I thought Cannoneer actually had somewhat of a shot here. Robert Whitaker. Some people say that Whitaker maybe should have won that fight. He beat Vittori, which is a wrestler, and then he lost before that to John Belkovich, which is a wrestler. The way you beat Izzy is by wrestling. But I would say that Alex Pereira is better than all of those guys at kickboxing. You know, And he's beaten Izzy before. He knows something. He's been in this matchup. Now, has Izzy improved since 2017? I'm sure he has. You know, I'm sure he has. He's 33 years old, 6'4". Just has the most fascinating style of fighting. Slippery. Gets out of things. But Pereira, 35 years old, he's 6'4". And he just beat Bruno Silva in March. And kicked the crap out of Sean Strickland. A guy that always goes to decision. Alex is a live dog in this fight. He is a live dog at plus money. That's why I like, I think the fact that he beat Izzy before is, puts this at probably at least a pick him. Maybe even Alex should be a little uh, favored, but you have to understand if this thing gets to the judges, all bets are off because they usually favor the champion and they might give it to the champion if this thing gets that far. It's five rounds. There's value in the dog. Take him at plus 175 for 1.5 stars. But this is actually a really good card in general. So Carla Esparza is fighting Zhang Weili. And Weili actually lost her uh, fight to Rose Namajunas a while ago. But to be completely honest with you, I thought Whaley's a better fighter than Rose. It was a split decision. She lost to Rose before that by a head kick. But at the same time, Rose lost to Carla Esparza because she f- was completely outcoached. She fought terribly. I have never seen a f- champion run away so much in my life that I saw when Rose Namajunas fought Carla Esparza. She gave the belt to Carla. I mean, Carla had the bigger strikes. Rose had a couple like little mosquito bite type strikes, but she backed up the whole time while Carla was moving forward and the judges actually flopped, flipped it. She was betting on the judges, which I do a lot to, you know, lean towards the champion in a decision, but that actually didn't happen. Rose was very upset, but I was like, Rose, you didn't even like try to fight Carla. You ran away the whole time. Carla actually got her down too. So decision, Carla, that was one. I thought the judges did very well on. But here you have Carla Esparza, which I think is a little bit of a fraudulent champion against 
Zhang, and, but, and the market agrees with it. Zhang is a minus 360. <laughs> I mean, a massive favorite against Carla Esparza. I mean, I, I check the numbers. They all check out. You know? If you look at the grappling, and by the way, the UFC has really gotten their odds and their, their statistics looking a lot better on their site lately. Takedown defense. Zhang is 60%. Esparza, 47%. Submission is about equal. Significant strikes. Zhang is at 5.78 to Carlos, 2.2. So a massive advantage in significant strikes. So standing, Zhang's got the, for sure, leverage on her. And on the ground, I think Zhang probably wins that as well. Zhang's probably a halfway decent parlay piece, but geez, minus 360 is a lot. <laughs> it certainly is. Dustin Poirier versus Michael Chandler. DP has only lost to freaking grapplers, right? Khabib and Charles. His last fight, he lost to Charles in the real naked choke, but he beat Conor McGregor his last two bouts, KOs in both of them. One of them was the doctor stoppage, but Connor was going to lose that for sure. And then the rest of his, just a ton of wins since he got knocked out way back in 2016 by Michael Johnson. I remember when he thought, fought Max Holloway. I thought Holloway had a chance. Holloway got bludgeoned by Dustin Poirier, but Michael Chandler, very sneaky. He can't grapple. Uh, see, uh, another, I would say, Similar fighter he lost to in Justin Gaethje. I almost I kind of put Michael Chandler, Justin Gaethje, and Dustin Poirier in the same genre almost, right? But Michael Chandler kicked Ferguson in the jaw so hard in the second round, knocked him completely out. He lost a decision against Jay, uh, Gaethje, which he's started to do better later in that fight. Then, he, of course, he got knocked out by Charles, which he actually had Charles dazed in the beginning of that round. I think the price is perfect in this fight, so I'm not going to touch it. I think Chandler should be around plus 160, and DP should be around minus 200-ish, right? Actually, Chandler is plus 190 right here. I'm going to see what all the books say. Looks like minus 225, minus 230, minus 210, kind of all over the, over the board here. But I think I think the price is perfect. You say DP's got about a 66% chance of winning. Now this thing gets to plus 200. There's your there's your 66%. That's when the 33% chance comes in and then you would want to start betting on Michael Chandler, but that's my buy price on Michael Chandler is not till plus 200 and I would say probably around the minus 2 180 for Dustin Poirier maybe would be a buy price. I doubt you see either. I think this is going to stay exactly where it is. Frankie Edgar versus Chris Gutierrez. Chris Gutierrez is minus 220. Edgar's plus 180. I can't figure out why Edgar is at plus 180 and not plus 500 here. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you like to lay a lot of juice on fighters, but Edgar's lost 
four of his last five fights. He's 41 years old. He lost to Marlon Vera, Corey Sanhagen, which is fine. Sanhagen's very good. Vera's very good. The Korean Zombie's very good. And Max Holloway, which is a great fighter in his own right. But against Pedro Munoz in 2020, his only win in the last three years or so, split decision. Munoz is okay. Nothing special himself. The age thing completely gives this away for me. I think Gutierrez is a great parlay leg, personally. Uh, Claudio, Claudio Puelas against Dan Hooker. I have a premium play on this. <laughs> and so I don't want to get too deep in the woods, but this is my biggest play on this fight. So I'm going to skip over this one, and I'm going to quick talk about the end of the prelims with Brad Riddell against Renato Moicano. You know, Moicano's favored at minus 125 because Moicano's a great wrestler, but Riddell's not that bad of a wrestler himself. I know I know that Riddell lost in a rear naked choke to Jalen Turner, who has just kind of been really rising up in the rankings. 6'3", 155 pounds. Heck yeah, I'd say so. The tarantula. I just don't think that Renato Carniero is in the same class. I mean, he also lost some pretty bad fights. Rafael Dos Anjos beat him in a decision, in a five-round decision back in March. He lost to Fiziev. Now, Fiziev and Riddell are, have been training partners for a long time. Now, Riddell did lose to Fiziev. Fiziev's a little bit more of a badass than him. But Riddell is, uh, is just very solid. He knows what to expect when he's fighting Carniero. So I, I kind of lean Brad Riddell uh, in this matchup itself, just based upon his back's against the wall. He has two losses in a row. He needs a big win, and this is one he can certainly win against a, you know, bad striker, guy that's going to try to wrestle him all day, and a guy that doesn't have really any quality wins. All right, my friends, that's my thoughts on UFC 281. Now it's time to get into some NFL with our guest, Mr. Andy Molitor from Spurts. Now, I'm very pleased to welcome back a man who has a ton of sports betting and podcasting experience. You know him as the co-host of the Deep Dive Podcast, Betsburts and Brown Bag Bets. I'm very happy to bring back Mr. Andy Mauder from Betsburts.com. You can follow Andy on Twitter at AndyMSFW. Andy, how's the NFL treating you these days? You know how it goes. A little up, a little down, a little here, a little there. But it's been overall, it's been pretty decent. Found some spots, just been riding the goddamn Seattle gravy train yeah. <laughs> like every week. It's like, man, are we just, is, is the market caught up yet? And, ah, I'll just bet a money line again, see what happens. So I'm not even handicapping. I'm just betting it. With yeah, the- I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just like, I don't know if the market's fully caught. You know, everyone wants to talk Gino, but market's got to catch up to that defense too a little. So, uh, you know, otherwise it's been good close to the, it's so stupid the the little things, but Winning on Monday night just changes your whole outlook for the whole rest of the week. So we got uh, Drew and I both had some bets on the under coming into that one. Good. And then we both uh, at halftime we took some um, took the dog. We took the dog plus a uh, plus a half there or plus one point five and ended up with a second half tie, which gets you that dog price home. So a couple winners on Monday night and you're feeling fine, ready for week ten. That's true. I was on the Ravens and I had bad line value. It went, I think I had two 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 and a half and went down to one. I was like I couldn't figure it out. And I'm like Dalton prime time. I'm like still no Lattimore, no Michael Thomas, probably no Landry. Yeah. I'm like trying to, and and I know that they got Tyus Bowser back and they got Wokon Smith in the trade. I'm like, I 
still I couldn't figure it out why, but I was happy to be on the right side. But my I was more happy about my prop bet. I I've been on a nice prop run that I do wow. on, I do on TikTok. I do like a, a Monday and a Thursday, and I, I'm we're thirty and twenty since I started this last year during football season, so sixty percent. But uh, it was the field goal prop. I I rarely did this. I took. Uh, What's his face from uh, the Saints to kick over 1.5 field goals? And that was really dicey. <laughs> I was like, are they really going to kick a field goal here when they need touchdowns? I'm like, okay, I'll take it. And uh, they kicked the field goal. I got, you know, plus 105 on that. So. <laughs> yeah, sometimes uh, sometimes it's a good prop when you have a bad coach. Like if they're, if they're willing, to, willing to kick some field goals when they shouldn't be. So. Exactly. Well, uh, it was nice. Yeah, I think the whole time, like you said, the number, maybe you got in a little – the market entry wasn't perfect, but you were, yeah. I think you had the right idea there. Yeah, a team that's playing—they're playing a lot better right now, even with some missing pieces. For sure, yeah. And I just kind of expected a low-scoring game. It's just the Ravens just kind of jumped ahead anyway, so it worked out. Speaking of bad coaches, what are your thoughts on the firing of Mister Frank Reich this week? Was it warranted? So that was a weird situation, right? Maybe the weirdest we've had in a while with a coaching situation. It's like, all right, like the and you know, I had my theories on this weeks ago when they when they benched Matt Ryan. I said they pull him into a room because after after everything they talk about, well, this was you know, Ursay and Paul and everybody, everybody was involved in this decision. So I said if everyone was involved, they had to sit down and they say like, what are we going to do here? You know, you're either switching something, you're switching quarterbacks, you're switching OCs, you're doing something, or maybe you're the switch. So you, you throw them a bone, you switch quarterbacks, you try that, doesn't work out. You throw them another bone, we lose the OC, and then eventually you run out of bones to throw, and it's it's your head on the chopping block. And I I, I was saying it, um, I, I wish I would have put some money on it. I don't think he was even the full favorite everywhere. I think mm-hmm. there's some Cliff and some Hackett over the past few weeks that have been favored. So I didn't get any money down on it, even though I was kind of proclaiming Reich isn't safe. Uh, I agreed with everything that they did. Like this is what you do when you know you, you need a change of change of pace, a different voice. And then it got weird, like the, the Saturday thing and the fact that they're having somebody. You know, they didn't really have a play caller in mind for this week. And, it feels like it might be a real rough week for him. So <laughs> I yeah, I wish they played a better team that I can really get behind backing, but yeah, it's a, it's gonna be a weird week for the Colts. So um yeah. it's it's it, I guess it's more of a babysitter role for Saturday where he's supposed to just do some talent and team evaluation for ownership, for management, and then so they can, you know, come up with a decent coach search for next year, but odd an odd deal there very odd and you know i wish i would have thought more about it before too i think jim ursay is living proof that it's better to be lucky than smart to be a billionaire um i mean yeah. we, we said chris ballard's a winner we it's like he did not set up right with an offensive line at all you know i don't even care who's back there they're getting smoked and then you throw yeah. the rookie back there which made El- I, I don't think ellinger was going to work out I, in the first place right but still, it's like he had—he went from like maybe one percent chance to 05 percent chance or zero, just because that offensive line is so bad. It's just, it just was terrible, you know. And he got killed. It's like, and then first of all, who is responsible for bringing Matt Ryan over, which never could do anything in the red zone in the first place. Yeah. And the only time he ended up winning was when teams completely looked past the freaking Falcons. You know, it's it's. 
it was a bad move in the first place. And, and then who was responsible for Wentz last year when we find out Taylor Heineke is better than both these chumps? Yeah. It, it, it blows my mind that Wright got so much to blame. And I always kind of thought that he was the brains behind the Eagles Super Bowl. But who knows? I, you know, I, I guess, you know, you got to move some parts. But keeping Ballard is just stupid, in my opinion. I think he was more of a blame yeah. than Reich, you know? So I think, and I, I think Reich obviously will end up somewhere. I'd like to see him as a coordinator somewhere, you know, next year. I think that's a, a good spot for him to get back in with maybe a better franchise. But yeah, the, the, like you said, Ellinger was never going to succeed in the NFL. He's just not—he's not talented enough to be like a a good quarterback. But he got put in such a bad situation that like exacerbated. Like you said, that offensive line was way worse than we thought it would be. You know, he's missing multiple weapons. And he has you know very little experience. Didn't take snaps in the preseason. Really, it's it was a it was a bad situation. All you know, you know what's so funny? It was so bad for him because he might have like skated through as a backup for some years. You know, making like two three million. Like like, like Tolzine. Remember Tolzine that came from the Badger? Oh, yeah. I thought he was the, the worst quarterback possible. But he and and same with Stocko that backed up Manning. Uh, but it, it, they never had to play, so no one knew they were that bad, and they were sitting there just raking money in because they never had to be a back. What a perfect job that was, but it's all ruined for Ellinger now, isn't it? Yeah, run run the scout team. That's your job. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> it is, man, but now, now the next question is, who's the next coach to go? And my thoughts are, it, it's tough. I think you can throw McDaniels in there, uh, Josh McDaniel. I think you can throw in, like you, you can throw in Cliff Kingsbury, but I have some information that says no on him more. Um, and Hackett, you know, Hackett, massive AFC West. Now my season win total under is looking amazing on the Broncos. Oh, yeah. But it, would they would they be fired so fast? You can say Riverboat Ron, but there's so many distractions with Washington. I he seems pretty safe to me. I think it, no, he couldn't do anything to screw his job up. Almost. So if, if I was going to say who's the next coach to go, I would go with Hackett because Kingsbury, I've been told, and I am in Cardinals land from some people that work there, that they would just grab the play calling duties before and just wait till the offseason, and that's kind of how the Bill Bells do it. Plus, Steve Kimes' job is not in danger at all. He's buddies with them. you know. So it's not like the GM feels pressure to do it just this soon. Yeah, that's the thing, too, like, it should be Cliff Kingsbury. It should be Cliff Kingsbury a couple weeks ago. But as you know, Drew and I brought this up too, it's a cheap franchise. They don't want to buy him out. They don't want to pay a contract for a guy they're not, you know, they're not using. They don't want to get rid of Kime, even though he should probably go too. And it's a it's a goofy spot. And he's not he's the favorite in the market. And he shouldn't be. Like the the only way that Cliff Kingsbury is your next head coach fired is if no other head coaches are fired during the season and he's just the first news dump on Black Monday. Like, that's the soonest Cliff Kingsbury can be fired, I think, is after the season. And I still don't think that's actually going to happen. I think that uh, they're, just, they're, they're just too cheap. And uh, like you said, there's no pressure from above to, you know, get rid of something and pass the blame on. So Hackett, probably. Josh McDaniels, maybe. I just never know what the front office is going to do there it's a, an odd front office slash ownership demeanor in in las vegas there uh lovey smith maybe but the same thing like we're starting to name all these guys that 
are in their first year. It is really hard to get fired in your first year as head coach. You have to, <laughs> you know, you have to go full urban. And I mean, he did so many things. Like he had a laundry list. It was, I remember we did this through the preseason and I'd, I'd forgotten four or five things that he'd done. <laughs> like with the, you know, hiring the coach that he had to fire because he was problematic and he had those, you know, some practice violations right off the bat. Like he, he did like 15 things. Yeah. So it, it feels like it's hard to get fired your first season. And that puts you in, in like Ron Rivera, Dan Campbell kind of situations. Uh, yeah, like you said, I'm not even sure if ownership knows the record right now of the commanders. They've got bigger fish to fry. I'm not even sure they're worried about the product on the field. Like that, that uh, there's lawsuits and they might have to sell the team. So who knows? Maybe, you know, maybe Dan Campbell, if they start to lose the locker room a little there. But yeah, I, I'm I'm not sure we see one during the season. I think it's really sad when these franchises are built with terrible uh, position group. Like I said with the Colts, it's not like Jared yeah. Goff was. Exp- I mean, first of all, you traded Matt Stafford and they won the Super Bowl. You, you took Goff off their hands, yeah. and now you're going to make Dan Campbell responsible for all that. Now Goff is actually overperforming their defense, which has been really bad. So it's like, is that Dan Campbell's fault that your defense is absolutely terrible? Probably not so much. I think it's more GM-based uh, as, as well. So it's funny how the the head coach takes the fall in a lot of these situations. It's just uh, very intriguing, but always a little talking point for us sports better being that. I did, I did make a first coach fired uh, bet today. Okay. It was uh, in hockey, though. Oh, <laughs> the, hockey. The, 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 yeah, the Rangers coach was like 40 to 1. Like I'll, I'll I'll put a few bucks on that. that He's that done so well the last couple of years. Well, year before last for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I don't follow hockey quite enough. I'm a black. No, it player. wasn't. It was some somebody else mentioned it. I'm like, okay. I'll put a few bucks on that. Yeah, I'm like, I, I don't have anything in the NFL right now. There you go, buddy. Nice. Well, let's get into some games then, my friend. Starting starting with uh, a big game coming up this Thursday for people that live in Georgia. I guess it's a. Uh, uh, Atlanta versus Carolina. It's not. It, you know, what's funny about this game is that the last game was a massive fantasy shootout. Like fantasy football, yeah. uh, probably loved that game. Uh, as far as the, just an NFL game, it's not great. But uh, I will say that there's some storylines to it. It's interesting to see this go. It got up to three for a little bit, and I'll share the odds screen. I think it's kind of crawled back to two, uh, two and a half. And I, I, I'll be honest, I took it when it hit the three. It is back to two and a half, and. I'm glad I have a little bit of line value now. But the, re- the thing is this, you know, P.J. Walker is starting. I-, I found that interesting. I think he's going to be on a short leash again um, against Baker. But the- this this is two bad teams, and I almost have a rule when there's two bad teams that play each other, you take the points. Um, I think uh, the Falcons have been getting by on smoke and mirrors, and I think the Panthers remember all too well that they could have possibly won that game against the the Falcons and kind of choked it away there. I think the Falcons' secondary is absolutely horrible. Um, I think that every quarterback on this Carolina Panthers team is playing for a job. I took the three, but I don't like it at two and a half so much because I do have the Falcons a tick better than them via the power ratings. Any thoughts on the Thursday night special? Yeah, short week for... The only problem I have with like the Carolina Panthers is that you have a... You know, you're sitting there in an interim coach on a short week to prep. Granted, it's a team you should know well. It's a team you've already played, so maybe that helps a little. But 
Yeah, like I, I almost looked at the Falcons and I realized, like, hey, Andy, what are we doing here? You're not going to bet a bad team as a favorite on the road in a divisional game. Like this is this is a game where <laughs> it, it almost it almost it almost turned into like Panthers or nothing. And I'm like, man, Andy, what are you doing? You're not going to bet on Carolina Panthers again <laughs> to stay close in a game like this. And yes, the Falcons secondary has been really beat up, but if you don't have the you know, you don't have the arm, you don't have the the passing game to take advantage of it. Maybe it's just you're going to end up in a stupid close game like they did last week against, uh, you know, I, I don't want to put Herbert anywhere close to P.J. Walker, but Herbert missing his top two receivers, it's a whole different story. So, yeah, this was, this was a, a pass on, on me for this one. The total's probably pretty bang on as well. I, uh, I ended up staying away from this one completely. I I don't hate though just divisional game home dog yeah, it doesn't matter the two two bad teams take the points you know yeah my total says to bet the over but I'm not going to do it it's a low it's a it's a weird low total after the last game went to sixty points and went to overtime but it it just goes to show you that you know that's not the norm and the market's smarter than you know the people that are betting it you know anybody casual better might say i'm gonna bet the over because that's how it happened and i could see that this game doesn't even get a touchdown in it i can see this game have multiple inner pick sixes you know it's just all over the pace high variance low confidence game for me but you yeah. know at the three i liked it at two and a half not so much and I, I, what's even funnier i don't even think this is a teaser leg at two and a half you know i think it's just a lot of variance to that. I'd rather have one bet at three than two bets uh, sacrificing a teaser. Let's yeah, move. either team losing by like 14 wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> like you said, high variance, low confidence. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, let's move on to the next one. We have a uh, game in London between Seattle and Tampa Bay. Now, this is funny because this was more of a pick em towards the open. And then money came in. I know a few people that moved the market here on this and went to Tampa. I'm I'm going to be honest with you. I don't I, I don't have Tampa favored by three. I I don't. Um, now, I guess if I reward Tampa back for some of the injuries that they've suffered, that they've gotten back on their offensive line and the receivers. I mean, they kind of finally had the bad injury luck. The year they won the Super Bowl, they were the healthiest team two years ago, right? But, you know, they've been, they've had some tough injury luck. Brady going through the divorce, blah, blah, blah. Brady's arm doesn't look like it, it was. It, this feels like the Patriots team the year before he left when they limped into the playoffs and got blown out by the uh, Titans, I think it was. But uh, I tried fading Seattle last week, Andy, and I was wrong. I, I, I wasn't buying them completely. Uh, they ran all over Arizona. Geno looks... I made some. I, I was betting Seattle for a while too, so I just kind of tried to pick a spot and get cute, and I was wrong. But um, right now, with the three man, uh, it's only Seattle for me. What are your thoughts? Yeah, and I think a big knock on Seattle, and rightfully so, is haven't really played or beat any good teams. Yeah, that's fine. Are we sure the Buccaneers in their current situation on a true neutral? In a weird travel spot with a ton of injuries are a good team. I think it's, you know, you could put them pretty close to basically the, the last few teams they've played, the last few teams they've beat. I like the matchup. Last week we ended up just taking them straight up because they're not giving you very big numbers on the other side. Starting to see some respect for them in the market. I did the same. I took a plus 130 
just said you know, straight up, I, I think I'm, I like the dog price quite a bit here. Not only is Gino playing better, and you know, for years and years we've teased this team about how insistent they are to just constantly run the ball, even if they don't have good running backs. Well, they have a good running back, so whatever. Beat your head against the wall, run the ball too much. Kenny Walker's good. Like he, that was. I hate drafting running backs because you can get them a lot cheaper usually, but right. that was a that was a decent one. It worked out. He's good. Gino's playing well. We said it preseason. They have two really good wide receivers. And the defense. I don't know. I, I need somebody to break this down for me. The defense has played well above where I had them. They were honestly horrific last year without like showing up on paper as horrific. They were one of these teams that just gave you anything you wanted underneath. They refused to be beaten over the top, so they'd let you just they let you just get four yards of play. Just constant short stuff. And people went up and down the field on them. It's not it's not a good, it's not definitely not a great defense, but it's much better than I had at preseason. So I'm yeah, I'm I'm kind of sold on this team still being behind in the market. I took some money line here. Why not? Um, you know, their defense is way with it's funny, Jamal Adams gets injured and you're like, Oh my god, that's even better for our us fading eagle. But my 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 NFL and I'm doing well in season win total bets, my NFL Eagles uh, Seattle one's completely dead right now. And uh it should be. I was wrong, and I am shocked that Pete Carroll got this team going. And it also makes a little sense seeing Russell Wilson in Denver not exactly lighting it up right now. Um, Jesus, what could I say that Seattle might have upgraded in the quarterback position? Something that's just absolutely blowing my mind. Uh, I mean, yeah, right now, right now, it kind of feels that way. And I, I want to give Shane Baldwin some credit. Like, I don't know how much is Pete's if Pete's just letting them run with this this offense. And yeah, this offense looks a lot a lot better than it did. And last year was it was hard to evaluate because Russ maybe wasn't uh, as good as he was in years prior. And then he also he missed a chunk of time for injury and then came back too early. So it was tough to evaluate this, this offense based off last year. Russ would like, do, yeah. Russ would do it, play action it, and whip it down the field a lot last year. His intended air yards were massive last year, and it was all up to DK Metcalf and Lockett catching the ball last year. Andy, it's you look at Tampa and the path to victory for Seattle's been running the ball, and I look at Tampa as a great run D, but man, they're only nineteenth in rush EPA. You know that's not that's not good. Uh, I, I they were like a top team. Now I know Hakeem Hicks missed a few games, but geez. Um, I, I don't think this should be three. I think this should be closer to pick them personally. So yeah, that, that probably like you touched on it. That's the fly in the ointment. Hicks getting back helps the run defense, but I still think they'll be successful with a uh, Walker in that scheme. Yeah, I do too. Absolutely. This is a, uh, if you're, if you've been betting Seattle, kind of like what Andy and I have been talking about, why would you get off them now? This is a great spot for them. Um, yeah. so, sometimes people bet on names, just like Aaron Rodgers and the Packers against the Lions last week. They bet names and forget that uh, metrics are saying to go differently. I think that's important to focus on after this massive data, data size that we have for roughly nine weeks in the NFL. It's uh, it's enough. You should be able to make some some sort of decisions on it, even in a sport that obviously never has a complete great data set like baseball or basketball. Uh, next game is Cleveland versus Miami and. Cleveland's plus three and a half, and there's been money coming out of Cleveland, Andy. This was at four before. I was on the Bears last week against Miami. I just thought it was a great spot for the Bears, and it was I, it was really Justin Fields. I, I think if they don't give up that punt return touchdown and have some decent officiating at the end of the game, the Bears might have won that game. 
Miami, so stacked. Uh, Tua's passes are so fluttery. I was surprised he was able to throw throw in the wind yesterday, uh, last week. I, I maybe it wasn't that windy at Soldier Field like it called for, but um, you know, Cleveland's coming off the bye. Dog road dog off the bye. That's always a good buy on spot. Um, I'm gonna my lean is to Cleveland here. I, I think I have this more of a two point five, but I haven't gotten to the window for some reason. Maybe you can talk me on or off it. Yeah, I played it. I played the Browns. Just I know the rest is probably built in, and it was four. There's been some steam that's come in. I think it's deserved right now, the Miami defense. And uh, I played some over. That was, like, my only really – you know, I, I had a couple nice wins. You know, last week I had some ugly losses. But, like, the, the Browns – or, excuse me, the Bears-Dolphins over, we were, we were pounding the table for that one. So it always feels good when it just it, – it really comes through. Nice I, and easy like that. Andy, I bet that and one, I, and I chickened out to give it out as a, as a premium play. I bet it personally. I'm like – you know, I'm already invested on the Bears. Do I want a double loss here? Yeah. And I chickened out, and I would have hit both. <laughs> yeah, that's a it's a it's another spot too where um, you know the Dolphins' defense can be beat. You can run on them. Uh, we've seen we've seen Brissett. It's kind of up and down, but you do have some weapons there with Cooper. I think you know you, you can throw to either running back as well. Miami's defense is not that good. No. And I, I get it with Tyreek Hill and Waddle and what they've done and getting them the ball in space. But this is another one where the weather might be nasty down there. We, we, we have seen high winds. It's hard to call it this early in the week. But I think advantage there goes to the team with the better running backs and the better pass rush, the better front seven. And the way they looked against Cincinnati, if we get any sniff of those guys, like those guys are playing with their hair on fire. Yeah, uh, against Cincinnati, the, the, everybody, oh. not just not just Garrett, everybody on that front four and front seven, if they play anywhere near that level, uh, I worry for this Miami offense. It's hard to, it's it's much harder to convert third downs when it's third and seventeen because yeah, you know you took a sack and a tackle for a loss in the first two plays. You know if uh, Denzel Ward is back too and uh, Jeremiah Wosu Koromora. That's a that's a, that's a dang good play. You got it four or three and a half. I think um, I might get to the table here with you. Yeah, well, Ward Ward's practicing. Um, I don't know the the concussion protocol is so weird. I hate making calls off that. Yeah, like you get cleared to practice, but it doesn't always mean you can play. So hmm. hopefully Ward plays. It's gonna be great. All right, let's move on to the next game. We have the Minnesota. God, this thing keeps going down. What the hell, Minnesota Vikings my uh, plus three and a half against the Bills at minus three and a half. I can't believe how low this is. Um, I don't care. Well, I, w- I wouldn't say Sam Allinger, but Case Keenum might be playing this game. And he is a much better quarterback as a backup than people think. I Kirk Cousins on the road is normally trash. This is their second road game in a row. My numbers are, it, let's just say Josh Allen plays. My numbers are freaking massively off. Scarily off. It's double digits. So, why? I mean, how much of a downgrade is this with Josh Allen to Case Keenum? When you have a Buffalo Bills team that's getting a little bit healthier, yeah, I'm sorry. This is this is a play. I don't care who's quarterback. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm close on this. It's coming down too far. Like I said, Case Keenum. Granted, he's not great, but he's 
he's a top five backup. Like he he could probably be starting for the Colts right now. He could be starting for the Panthers. He could you know there's there's, there's five six teams where he's better than what's starting right now. He took this this Vikings team to an NFC title game. He had a very fun offense. I mean, he threw the Minneapolis miracle to Diggs. It wasn't that long ago. You didn't say that. I mean, <laughs> he gets to throw. He gets to throw to Diggs again. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a big downgrade. Like it, it is just because you're going from an MVP level quarterback to a backup. But it's maybe not this big of a downgrade, especially if we're going to get some of these pieces back healthy for this defense. I'm uh, like obviously the Josh Allen is the most important news regarding this. But I'm actually keeping a closer eye on the on the defensive injuries for the Bills because it feels like the Josh Allen news, somebody's going to slam that in my face. I don't have to go looking for that. Once that's announced, we're going to everyone will know at the same time. And even if it's just, you know, I think you could watch the market. If the market starts to move, we'll know, oh, that's going to be announced soon. But keeping an eye on, you know, Milano and some of these other injuries, that's maybe a little more important because this Vikings defense is not good. This Vikings team is not good. They're not not bad, but they are not a seven and one team. They're not a top five team in the league. They haven't beaten anybody. They've been behind a lot of these teams. I'm very tempted to, uh, you know, if if Case Keenum's announced in and it drops to like a three, I'm I'm probably going to bet on a backup quarterback to win this week. Washington should have beat this Minnesota team too last week. I mean, yeah. a bad Washington team should have beat them, and so. Yeah, this is uh, it's just it's just way off in my opinion. It's scarily off. You know, it's 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 scaring me why it's so off. And uh, maybe there's just number chasers that are trying to set themselves up. I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's um, throwing. I, I guess Jordan Poyer, the safety, needs to come back. That'd be nice. Tredavious White probably won't come back. He's been activated off the IR, but yeah, I don't think so this week. Yeah, I don't think so either. But that's it's not enough for me. That's this is all bills for me here. Um, let's move on to the next game, and uh, I'm just so freaking. I'm sorry. I'm just so blown away by this number. Uh, the Jacks- <laughs> Jacksonville versus Kansas City. Kansas City minus nine and a half. The total is fifty point five. Well, I'll tell you right now, I had the Titans plus eleven. It was a terrible number. Then moved up to twelve and a half. Then with the Tannehill news, went went to fourteen. So I'm sitting here with plus eleven. I'm like, okay, well that's fun. So my whole handicap was the Titans can find a path to victory by taking out Kelsey and just running the ball down their throat. That's exactly what they freaking did. They did that. And I, I set myself up for a middle. It was a fantastic uh, game for me, but I was scared shitless at holding 11, thinking you know, the whole market's going against me. And now what I do say is Jacksonville has a good coach, I think, and Peterson, but they also like to give away a lot of games. The, the recipe's here. Stop Kelsey run the ball up their throat and or down their throat, whatever you want to say. And uh, I see that Mahomes does not have that Tyreek Hill camaraderie with Juju Smith Schuster yet. They're not in the, he, all their, a lot of his balls are dropping where maybe Hill would have been last year. I don't know. Uh, with McCole Hardman, I'm just not seeing it. I, I think the recipes that will Jacksonville execute it. I didn't touch the game yet. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Not touching this one. Like, uh, Tennessee didn't do anything in the second half. And I, I'm in the same boat. I had a 12. I, I said, you know, if he's announced out, this is 14, and I don't give a shit. I'm betting it anyway. I'm taking <laughs> it. I said, that I, you know, if he's announced in, it's going like to 10 and a half or 10, maybe even lower. 
Listen, I'm just going to bet this now and not worry about it. I, I think it's going to be one of those games where it's a close game where they don't really threaten to win. They did threaten to win. That part surprised me how quick they came out. You know, they really played well. We saw Derrick Henry you know, exert his will in the first half. Good adjustments by a good team, a good coaching staff in the second half. That offense picked it up when they needed to. Mahomes um, had a big game, and they, they won. I don't know that Jacksonville can get off to that kind of start. They don't have that, uh, you know, that Derrick Henry piece. They don't have, you know, anything going for them uh, offensively, it seems, at times. It's it's just real hit or miss with this team on both sides of the ball. And, you know, I'd, I'd love to take this. I think it's too many points for a team that's not the same kind of offense we've seen for the past few years. But this is this is one of those where it's like, man, there's better days. There's better ways to spend my money than betting Jacksonville in this year. Well, that's, that's got true. Plenty of oh, God. Yeah. And every week my numbers say to bet them, but I've lost too much on them. And then last week, of course, they do it. And the set, but you, you were sure shitting your pants in the first half. Man, you know, oh, yeah. I, the, and then the next game, this Lions Bears. I have a play on this game, and it it, it does. If this an, see, here's another problem: you don't have to bet this Jacksonville game because there's just a lot of nuggets here this week. This so this so I've been hating NFL weeks, but I'm just I'm finding stuff. Whether that turns out good yeah, or bad, I have a for lot me. of bets this week. Yeah, I have a lot of bets this week somehow. <laughs> I know, I know. So this in this Bears game here, it, it throws me off a little bit. Why is this total forty eight? Um, I mean the. Maybe it's because they stopped the Packers, the Lions, kind of last week. But the Packers just threw three red zone picks, basically. That that should have been a much different game. Um, I bet the over 48. It's 48 and a half. I'm shocked it didn't get to 49, 49 and a half. Um, The the side keeps going back and forth. I I wrote two and a half. It's three, as you saw in the DraftKings. Um, The Lions, they have no defense. I'm sorry. They have none. Um, Number four. And uh, or sorry, they're they're dead last in yards per play on defense. Bottom two in defensive EPA. The Bears themselves are bottom four in defensive EPA. They've done a little bit better, but you got to understand that some of their numbers had Roquan Smith in there, their leaning linebacker, and also their uh, pass rusher. They just traded away to the Eagles, Robert. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Quinn. 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 So you know. This screams over. I mean, Fields is getting uh, yards now. He's rushing the ball. The the I think Getzey's kind of got this team where he wants on offense. They're very motivated, but so is Goff. And Goff can score some points himself. Swift should be more healthy. They they got their offensive line somewhat back from injury. I see a, a easy over here. I looked at the weather. And it shows sunshine. My number is actually fifty-five on this from my algorithm. So I had to bet it, and I'm—I'd bet it again. Two stars over forty-eight and a half. What are your thoughts? I bet this over forty-eight as well right away on Sunday. You know, the the flying the ointment here, I guess, is the Lions' offense little hit or miss. But we saw the Lions' offense two weeks ago against the team that uh, the Bears just went back and forth with, and they put up a bunch of points, 27 against the Dolphins at home. You know, granted, indoor game. Uh, the Bears' defense is not good. And, yeah, they traded away two decent players, and we've seen them take a step back on the on defense, on an already kind of bad defense. And right now, I rate the Bears' offense, what they're doing, better than the Packers, which is... <laughs> 
not something even even a couple games in when you realize like, oh man, they don't have receivers in Green Bay. This sucks. Like even then, like the where the Bears were, I, there's no way I thought that I'd, I'd have them even close. But the Bears are doing this thing where they're not being stubborn anymore. Saying, hey, this works. Like let's just let let's just let Justin run. And if that's how we move the ball and that's how we stay in games, get get in games, have some fun, score some points, and so be it. We're not going to try to force it. I, I wish they'd run less with Montgomery, more with Herbert, more with the quarterback. And he's even finding Komet a little. So this Bears offense has taken some big steps forward over the last month. And, yeah, the, the Lions didn't score many points last week. I need them to step up a little against a, another bad defense and, again, on a road game. But like you said, the Packers only scoring, you know, nine points was kind of an illusion. They drove the field numerous times and then threw red zone picks. Like the Packers probably should have scored. I mean, just looking looking at that game, how many how many yards they had. If you wanna and it's it's different every season. I think we're using about sixteen for average, but you know, the Packers had three hundred and eighty nine yards it's not a huge day but normally a team that has 389 yards should score about 24 points it's about it's a, so, it's way above average uh you should yeah so sc- scoring i mean anytime you throw three red zone picks you're gonna score way fewer points than you're supposed to but they almost had 400 yards and scored nine points like essentially just don't throw two of those red zone picks and the packers probably have 21 in this I think yeah, I think the Bears might put up some serious points. And I'm I'm excited for a back and forth one here. You know, I, I looked at the weather; it's sunny. The wind's just a normal like nine ten miles per hour. I'm trying to figure out why this number. This it's been nice up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. And, and you know, I'll I, I will say the Lions didn't have to score more than 15. And Jerry Alexander is the best, maybe the best cornerback in the league right now from the Packers. And, and you know, so he got a pick. And, and, and it's hard to throw against the Packers. You can run against the Packers easily. And so I understand yeah. why that that game was a little bit lower for the for the Lions. But this should be a freaking shootout, in my opinion. So great play, in my opinion. We'll hopefully it cashes for us. Let's move on to the next game. We have the Houston Texans versus the Giants. The Giants are minus four and a half now. Total ugly at 41, a very low total. Why don't you have the floor on this one, Andy? Yeah, some people entered the market on this today and beat this one down. I played some Giants. I don't feel great about it. I feel worse about it now that the number's moving against me, but... I have the Texans rated so incredibly low, and it just it, it, even with a young first year, you know, just this coaching staff being led by a younger coach, it's an experienced coaching staff in general, and they've made such good adjustments. I think this defense is continuing to play better, um, and the Texans can't stop the run. Like Saquon might have two hundred yards. It just feels like it. The Texans to stay within this game are going to have to score, and I just don't know how many opportunities they have. If the Giants are going to play ball control and just run, 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 and uh, hopefully some designed runs from Danny, and you know it, it's tough not having receivers, but this is such a dream matchup for a team that struggles in the passing game. You're playing against a horrible, horrible run defense. Horrible. And you have a high-end running back who's rested. Like this is uh, maybe I should have just played some Saquon props instead of laying the six here. But such is life. I got a bad number on here. I'm going to live with it. It's not like I'm going to buy out and give myself a Polish middle. <laughs> We've talked about Polish middles the other day. 
yeah, I'll give you some uh, some solace. I took the four and a half at, for the Giants, and we both know who probably moved the market here. But um, it's uh, it, it, I, I the market move was based upon laying points and a few other intricacies. But the way I look at it is, you have a bad coach in Lovey Smith. You have them coming off a you know they. they did okay against the Eagles. The Eagles really, I thought if they were up for that game, could have won by over 12 points. Yeah. Um, and then you have one of the best rushing teams with a fiery head coach and day ball coming off the bye against the weakness of the Texans, which is massively against the run. I don't know why this site's not pulling up. But it, it's, it seems to be a simple play under the six for me. I took it at four and a half. For Saquon, and I agree with his rushing prop. I think you should slam the rushing prop, but this should be a, sim- a simple cover for them, in my opinion, just based upon matchup. This is a quite quite the low total, and I think the low total is screaming, will the Texans score that much? Um, I don't think so. My numbers, my perfect numbers are six and a half based upon my metric, but it's a play for me at four and a half. So I'm on your side. I, I hope it, I hope it, uh, we both cash it. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, Kenny Galladay playing uh, that helps. Like it's just, it's, it, it's a, it's a rested offense, a well-coached team. And basically you, you really, really have a, a one dimensional team with, uh, with the Texans, and I guess, you know, Nico and, uh, God, who's our receiver that uh, was supposed to be traded? Whose name is escaping me right now? Uh, uh, Cooks, Cooks, Brandon, Brandon, Brandon Cooks, Cooks and Nico yeah. Collins. They may play, but we haven't seen much from anybody this year uh, as far as offense outside of. Yeah, I, I would game plan to stop Pierce and say try to beat me with this. Uh, you know, your second year quarterback here. See how this goes. Yeah, the one that was even looked at as a top one anyway. Uh, it, so complete agreement there. Uh, Denver versus Titans. For the sake of time, I'm going to pass and just say I'm going to tease the Broncos. It'll, it'll be a part of my teaser leg that I give out later. And uh, it's a perfect teaser leg. It's a low total of 36 and a half. So uh, I, I, there's nothing more I need to say about this game, I think. But maybe you have something. I played a little under. Like it's just I've been playing Denver unders every week except uh, when they're on by. Yeah. Like it's It was like it was 39. I said this, is, this should still get lower. <laughs> Well, you got a great number. Yeah, you have a great number. Thirty-six and a half is disgusting. It's like we're watching Iowa play, uh, like Michigan State or something. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's a Big Ten game. <laughs> run, 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 punt. <laughs> Next game we have the Saints versus the Steelers. Steelers coming off the buy home dog plus two and a half. Uh, it's not at three. Uh, totals forty. After the Saints showing against the Ravens, this thing went down to uh, back to two and a half. It was two and a half before the game. Then and then it went up to three before the game, and then it down back down to two and a half. I, I'm just going to say that the Steelers at least might be getting T.J. Watt back. I think that's a big thing for them. But the Steelers still can't really stop the run themselves. This could be a big Alvin Kamara type game. Um, very low total of forty. I don't like Kenny Pickett yet. I don't. I'm not saying he's not going to turn out. Still, way too early to tell in the first year kid. It's probably a good thing he's coming off the bye. Maybe he's going to be schemed into a first drive touchdown. Maybe maybe they'll have some stuff dialed up where they have the first 10 plays ready to roll, Andy. I don't know. But uh, I, I think that at the end of the day, the Saints just still have the more talent. And plus, they're supposed to get Jarvis Landry back. Maybe they do get Lattimore back. I know it's a short week for them, but I can only look towards the Saints on this. But 
maybe people will be teasing the Steelers. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I could see a teaser leg here, but boy, howdy. I'm not excited to get in bed with either of these teams. We've seen uh, the Andy Dalton experience continue to get worse. They played a tough team. You know, give them a little credit there. Kamara was playing with a bit of a heavy heart, and he didn't have the best game, and we just we didn't see much from the passing game. Honestly, like the one touchdown probably shouldn't even have been a touchdown. That was just stupid brain fart laziness. Oh, we thought he stepped out and everyone stood there where they could have stopped them and maybe held him to a field goal there. So even the score was a little bit deceiving as far as how much the Saints did on offense. It's it's a, it's a scary proposition, but they're going against a, a weaker defense. We'll see on the TJ Watt thing. I've yeah, I wasn't excited with uh, either side of this one right now. Yeah, for sure. I uh this is a good game to pass on, but this game might be a good game to pass on too. You have the Colts versus the Raiders, and we just slammed the Colts, uh, which is a lot of fun to do. Uh, we can slam the Raiders too. <laughs> but then again, you got the Raiders at minus six. Here's the thing. The Raiders, Andy, are my crutch, and I probably told you this before, but I, whatever I do, if I bet against them, I lose. If I bet on them, I lose. It's, just, it's, just, it's that team that's been killing me for the past six years. Tempting as hell, and I and I even saw at the four, I was like, tempting as hell to bet on them, but you know what? I am fine with leaving this thing alone. Plus, Matt Ryan might start. I, I, I Jonathan Taylor looks like he's come back. Jeff Saturday coming as coach. I don't know who the hell is calling plays for this team now that Reich's gone too. I think the quarterback coach is going to call the plays, but maybe Matt Ryan, at least in his older years, is smart enough to be able to kind of like you know be somewhat of a coach on the field himself. I don't know, but it's it's an ugly game. I would only I, I could only lean to the Raiders. What are your thoughts? Yeah, this is one where it's like, man, I want to bet against this offense because they don't really have a true play caller. Uh, I know Jonathan Taylor practiced, but if I'm them, I'm not hurrying him back. It sounds like they're going to go with Ellinger again. The offensive line has been atrocious. Max Crosby's a god, and I still can't lay points with this team. They're giving up double-digit, three-score leads every other goddamn week. What's up with the Raiders killing me inside? So I just played some team total under uh, eight, uh, 18. Colts under 18 points. <laughs> I, 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 I just don't know what we're going to get from this play calling thing. It's going to be real vanilla, real easy to figure out, even for a bad team. But they do have a pass rush against a bad offensive line and a young quarterback. I think they're going to get off, uh, you know, get off their blocks and get after him. Nice amounts of pressure. I see a lot of punts. I don't know if the Raiders can cover any number ever. So I'm just taking taking the uh, the Raiders offense out of the equation, and we're just going to go Colts team total under 18. Could Jeff Saturday fix the offensive line just because he was an offensive lineman? I think I, I, it's it's. I'm going to say might have to play like to make it better. <laughs> might have to play i agree i don't think just his name you know and that's probably what people are talking about a little bit is um maybe jeff saturday can do something no i don't think so i i think that uh there's nothing you can do for bad uh play and untalented yeah. players and the question i have is what's the raiders pass rush i don't know if it's all that great um it's 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 certainly not gonna be like what we saw last week i don't think against ellinger but um, with the Patriots, I mean, you got Belichick back there yeah. scheming, so I, I, I don't expect that. But you know, McDaniel's. I, hopefully, he took something from on the defensive side of the ball. It's a no play for me. Let's move on to the next game. We have the Dallas Cowboys 
versus the Green Bay Packers. And the Cowboys are minus five on the road to Green Bay. The total is 43. Andy, what's so funny about this game, man, is the, the narratives. I mean, is this the Mike McCarthy revenge game? Or is this the Aaron Rodgers revenge game for McCarthy holding them back? Or, or maybe this is the Des Bryant not a catch revenge game when the NFL had the rule that some catches that looked exactly like catches were not catches depending on you know, how yeah. you interpret the process of the catch during the actual catch rule. So uh, it's just, I mean, you can, that's why I say just throw away these stupid narratives you hear. all it, Most of them are all BS. Um, no, nothing that should affect the line. What affects the line here is the fact that you have a Packers team that is still looked at with their name, with what they've accomplished years ago, and with Aaron, the, with Aaron Rodgers. Um, what's this line if the Cowboys are at Washington or at Arizona, right, or at the Steelers? Because all three of those teams don't have any better metrics, or the Packers don't have any better metrics than them, really. They're all pretty equal if you take everything together. I think it's a little bit bigger. I think it's six, six, six and a half. When you especially throw in the injuries to the Packers' best receiver, Romeo Dobbs, their, yeah. se- their second best corner, Eric Stokes, got injured last game. The second best corner, their best pass rusher, Rashawn Gary, and Jones and Watson are banged up. They might Jones might, is supposed to play, but you know was in a walking boot. And then their other uh, receiver, Christian Watson. This should be a bigger spread. Just from everything I said there, I'm taking the boys minus five, uh, two stars. McCarthy's saying all the right stuff too this week. He's saying how he's been blessed to be a Packers coach. No, no ill will. I, I, I'm taking the Cowboys. Yeah, revenge narrative games. It's dumb. It's fun to talk about. Like it's fun to talk about afterwards, especially when you don't realize. Like you joke about the the Carson Wentz revenge game isn't going to get to happen, uh, which stinks. But yeah, I don't believe in that stuff. I bet the Cowboys as well. Uh, the Packers, like we just mentioned, did move the ball against the the Detroit Lions. Didn't see a lot of uh, points for it, but they did move the ball. That is a bad defense. The Cowboys are a good defense, at least a decent defense, and they have a good pass rusher. And not only that, you're going to be down another receiver. You have two other receivers that are banged up. Um, you know, it's going to turn into a one-dimensional, hey, well, I guess we're going to have to try to run the ball a lot. I think this front seven's going to be fine with that. I think we're going to be able to we're gonna be able to limit the Green Bay Packers offense. And really, like, Dak's been fine since he's come back. This offense has been fine. Pollard's looked great. And I, I don't have much nice to say about this Green Bay defense. It continues to take steps backwards. And like you said, you lose a cover corner. You lose a really good pass rusher. Honestly, probably a top 10 pass rusher in the league right now. Like Rashad Gary's been great up front. That's a huge blow to this defense. So all the injuries that Green Bay suffered, plus just how they've looked on offense, I laid the five. I don't make uh, make it my business to lay uh, bigger spreads on the road, but I think this should, be a feel- this should be a touchdown. This is scary, Andy. We're on a lot of the same shit. I know it. Yeah, you. I go how you go this week, I guess. So hope, hope you, hope you have a good week. Yeah, yeah, okay. Best of luck to you, Andy. Man, I hope you crush it. Like seriously, but no. Um, 
that's uh, yeah i think it was there's only one way you can go with this and quit looking at the name packers sometimes just don't look at the names of any of the nfl teams and look at the metrics and kind of see what's going on get those distractions out of your head so i I, my head was in my ass or something because this is now plus one Uh, it's the cardinals at the rams and i you know i was thinking this should this was like three you know and i did bet the cardinals at three and a half thank goodness um there you go early in the week but now I have to th- find out if it moved past my number. I'm going to have to recheck this. What's it doing at one? And I just checked the injury report. Stafford's, Stafford's got a concussion, possibly. So there, that's yeah. the reason. Right in the middle. Yeah, I bet this at four on Sunday. Oh, I'm very happy. I'm very go. happy to be go. on the same side as you again. There you go. Wow. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a decent matchup. Even though I bet against the Cardinals last week and they're on the road. It is an NFC West matchup where I almost always take the dogs. The dogs have done very well over the past couple of years, especially straight up. I was tempted to take the Cardinals straight up, but I'm like, man, I'm getting four, three and a half. We're fine with that. I guess I wish I would have because I almost (laughs) would have bought back on the other side at this point. Yeah. Yeah. The Stafford, Stafford, if he were to miss, um, this is probably a midpoint number again, where yeah, if yeah. Stafford were announced out, it's going to be flip favorite. You'll have Cardinals minus two, two and a half. It's a decent step down to what John Wolford, I think, is still our backup out there. <laughs> um, and yeah, he's played some hell. He played a playoff game, guys, but he's a, he's a decent step down from, from Stafford, who's still probably carrying some injuries. That elbow's been injured for two years. Now he has a concussion. And you take out Cooper Cup yardage, and this offense has been dreadful. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm more than happy to continue to fade the Rams here this year. Yeah. I'm not so sure I'd be jumping at it at this number, but uh, if you wait, there's not a big difference between getting a plus one and like a minus one, minus two. Those aren't super you know key numbers. Like if you can be fast when you hear Stafford's out, I you know I'd play this up to like Cardinals minus two, minus two and a half. All right. Well, listen to that. That's good. Yeah. So I just checked the Raiders real quick. They're they're 30th in adjusted sack rate. So uh, Ellinger might actually be a little safe. <laughs> yeah, they, they get a they get a lot of they get decent pressure. They don't finish. So I, yeah. I need Max Crosby. He hasn't had a sack in like three weeks. I need him to actually finish one of these. <laughs> good stuff, man. No, we are on the right side then. Um, yeah, it's too bad they can't like use our numbers for our our own contest plays. They should, that's what they yeah, should do. No, I got thing. the number. <laughs> Exactly. Come on. Nah, it, that was simple. Um, I still like the Cardinals here. Who, who's ba- behind Stafford again? Um, is the it, backup? It, it might be John Wolford. Okay. Okay. Wolford. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I will say Stafford's playing so bad that maybe it's only a two to three point downgrade at the most. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. You know. That's the thing. I don't see this flying to like Cardinals minus three and a half. Like I said, it'll flip favorite, but it'll still stay short of three. Good stuff. Let's move on to Chargers 49ers. Niners minus seven, total 45.5. Chargers massively banged up. Is Keenan Allen playing or not? I think Palmer played last week, didn't he? I thought he did. Yeah, Palmer played. Palmer was their leading receiver. That's uh, yeah. basically their only receiver that uh, yeah. has a decent amount of experience. And Keenan Allen might never play again, man. I've just given up on ever seeing him yeah. on a field again at this point. Dude's always week. injured, always injured. But here's the thing. Is Debo Samuel going to be back? I think so. Um, he was kind of questionable that before the bye week and they held him out and they still beat the Rams, which I got talked off a contest play when I had a nice Niners number on that. Actually, number was bad, but they ended up winning easily. But 
going back to this game, minus seven is probably a good number. I took it at six and a half uh, on Sunday or Monday. It was probably Monday, Monday morning. So I took it before it got to seven, but I still think this could be a really good teaser leg at seven right now. There's a few injuries I'm waiting to hear on the Niners to, you know. Yeah, a little shameless plug here for Fantasy Life app, which is a, a, a partner of BetSpurts. Like I just got the alert from them saying that uh, Debo and Juwan Jennings fully participated today. That'd be if if we have Debo and CMC against another. I keep running into these teams that are horrible against the run so far this year. But if you got Debo and CMC running the ball, like yeah, there's no reason to be taking the points with the with a, a Bing or excuse me, a Bengals, the Bolts team, Chargers that don't have wide receivers at this moment. We saw how bad that offense looked against a really, really bad Atlanta defense. If that's all they could muster against a bad defense, what are they going to muster against a good defense? True that. Uh, especially. So, I'm, yeah, I, I like your play. I hate that it's gone up. I would have loved a six, six and a half. I think I agree with you as well. Good teaser leg. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you, Keenan Allen says, at least on ESPN's report, uh, that Allen isn't expected to practice Wednesday. I throw him, like you said, I think I think throw him in the trash. Just get him out of here. Uh, I think that this will go to seven and a half when it's official. Personally, um, I I know that the, they have some good weapons in Eckler. Um, Palmer did well, but this is the Niners coming off a bye. They're hungry. They're remotivated. I. I I'm afraid for Herbert this week. I I told my friend that you better start Justin Fields over Herbert in your fantasy football league if you want to be a winner this week. So <laughs> uh, I think this is – I would still take the seven probably. But, yeah, teaser leg, 100%. What do we have left? The Washington Commanders at the Philadelphia Eagles. Minus 10.5, total 44.5. A couple weeks ago, Andy, I said – well, the Eagles' rush EPA on defense is pretty bad. I, but yet, you know, um, maybe people are betting against the Eagles because of it, and the Eagles are covering anyway. Well, you saw last week that Houston was able to kind of slow that game down and ugly it up a little bit, enough to cover the big number of 14. Uh, and that's just the way that you attack the Eagles, I guess. But now does is Riverboat Ron smart enough to uh, figure that out? I will say I like Heineke better than Wentz. I will say they have some pretty good receivers over there. I don't know if Samuel's playing. I know McLaurin is. Dotson's probably out. But um, I think you run the ball. It's a division game. A division game, double-digit dog. Very tempting for the Washington Commanders. I didn't take it yet, but I lean it. What are your thoughts? Yeah, same thing. Divisional game, big dog at home. We've seen there's a way to maybe not beat the Eagles, but stick with the Eagles. And, you know, someone who can run the ball and then keep with a team like the Eagles and then maybe find something through the air late or find some scores, play some defense, they can probably, you know, be the first team to take this team down. I don't think the Commanders are the team to break the streak. I lean towards the points. Haven't played it yet, though. I just I have this as a fairly decent gap still. Maybe not this big of a number, but uh, I haven't played this yet. I would if I did make if you did make me play this, it would be a 
it'd be a commander's play. I just I have enough plays on the card. This week that was <laughs> I know. You know, so, so, and, and that should never come into really the handicap. But it's like you know, this isn't a super strong play, and I already bet like ten games, man. I know, and my metrics came up to eleven point six five. It's like. Even though I, I just see the path that Washington has to take. Are they smart enough to do it? Do they screw something up? I don't know. Um, so it, it's just it, it, that's where we're sitting. We don't have to bet this until the end. You know, maybe maybe uh, when you kick some ass this week, Andy, we'll have a little extra dough to you know throw some beer money or whatever we want on this game. Yeah, there you go. Because I, I don't see this getting below 10. I, I, I don't think so. Um no, I, that's what I think. If if you want the commanders, you got time. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Great stuff. Uh, we went through the whole slate. I thought I loved all your takes, and I love your bets even more, Andy. You better win this weekend. I was going to say, I've, I've never, <laughs> I'm not sure I've ever come on a show and where oh. I've made like every single bet the same as you. So it's, uh, we're seeing the board clearly. I know we are, but it yeah. makes, it makes it look fraudulent. Cause I tell everybody, I never talk to the guests what we take and we're not, we're not those agreeing people on the show. This is just, I, to turn yeah, up this go rewatch this. And every time he mentions a play, you just see me grinning. Exactly. Awesome. And I, yeah, I, I remember I'd seen the Stafford news. But I hadn't checked that market. I can't believe we moved so hard on that. So yeah, that one that one pleases me greatly. Yeah. I love. Uh, I, I I thrive off CLV. Love it, buddy. Where could our listeners get your great information and media? Over at BetSpurts uh, Media on the our YouTube page, we have everything's over there. The deep dives on there every Sunday, every Wednesday, every halftime of primetime games. Brown bag bets every day at 11.30 Eastern's over there. I do a golf show with Ryan Noonan every Tuesday. We have a golf DFS show in there. Every Everything we do is on that YouTube channel. Otherwise, I'm on Twitter at AndyMSFW, as you can see on the screen here if you're watching. And yeah, at, at BetSpurts, at Deep Dive Pod, all those, uh, all those Twitter handles. Go follow them and uh, pretty decent about responding to dms if you have any questions or just want to chat some stuff something throw something at me i'm uh i love to get a i love to get a good tidbit here and there put me on some futures absolutely challenge that man my friends ask him some tough questions he'd love to hear it thanks so much for coming on andy we'll be texting this weekend yeah appreciate it have a good one now it is time for our refuse to lose teaser that is four four in one for this season we're gonna go with seattle that i hinted on it's at two and a half or three move that up to eight and a half or nine it's at three in most books so i'm gonna call it a nine as well as the denver broncos that's at three we're gonna take that all the way to nine these are like minus 123s but i'm okay if you take it to eight and a half as well Low totals in these games. Heck, maybe Tampa Bay does beat Jackson, beat Seattle, but Seattle ain't going down without a fight, in my opinion. The other teaser leg that I like a lot is San Francisco, but for this show, we are going with Seattle to plus nine with Denver to plus nine for two stars. Get busy living or get busy dying. That's goddamn right. Now is time for the sharp side of the force. The sharp side of the force is brought to you by betfred.com. 
for a 100% sign-up bonus. Please visit Brett Fred. Use the promo code ODDS22. Terms, conditions, and location apply. All right. College football week 11. Sharp money movement as of Wednesday, 11-9-22. Sharp money on USC hosting Colorado. Minus 26 to minus 34.5 on USC, that is. 40% of the tickets and 85% of the money. Sharp money on Fresno State, minus 7 to minus 9.5 at UNLV. 46% of the tickets and 9% of the money. Sharp money on the Navy. Midshipmen, 20.5 to plus 15.5 hosting Notre Dame. 72% of the tickets, 94% of the money. Sharp money on Wisconsin, plus 1.5 to minus 1.5. 61% of the tickets and 87% of the money. And that is at Iowa. Sharp money on New Mexico, plus 24 to plus 21 at Air Force. 87% of the tickets and 94% of the money. Sharp totals. Georgia Southern versus Louisiana, over 56.5 to 61.5. 47% of the tickets, 69% of the money. Sharp money on Vanderbilt versus Kentucky, under 52 to 47.5. 83% of the tickets, 92% of the money. Sharp money on Notre Dame versus Navy, under 42.5 to 39.5. 62% of the tickets, 84% of the money. Sharp money on Ohio versus Miami, Ohio. Over 49.5 to 52.5. 53% of the tickets, 78% of the money. Sharp money in Alabama versus Ole Miss. Over 61 to 63.5. 66% of the tickets, 75% of the money. Sharp NFL. Lots of movement in the NFL. Buccaneers pick them to minus three in London versus Seahawks. 34% of the tickets, 66% of the money. Sharp money in the Vikings set plus seven and a half all the way down to plus three and a half at the Bills. 69% of the tickets, 85% of the money. You know about Josh Allen. Bears, minus one and a half to minus three, hosting the Lions. Sharp money on them. 83% of the tickets on the Bears, 91% of the money on the Bears. Sharp money on the Browns, plus five and a half to plus three and a half. Versus the Dolphins, at the Dolphins, actually. 43% of the tickets and 76% of the money. Sharp money on the Raiders, minus two to minus six, hosting the Colts. After they fired Frank Reich, 65% of the tickets, 85% of the money. Sharp totals. Lions versus Bears over 47 and a half, 48 and a half, 80% of the tickets, 93% of the money. Sharp money the Broncos versus Titans under 40 down to 36 and a half, 77% of the tickets, 91% of the money. Sharp money the Browns versus Dolphins over 47, 49, 78% of the tickets, 89% of the money. Sharp money the Cowboys versus the Packers under 49 to 43, 50% of the tickets, 92% of the money. Sharp money the Cardinals versus the Rams under 45 to 43.5, 70% of the tickets. And 93% of the money. And also sharp money in the Chargers versus 49ers under 47.5 to 45.5. 58% of the tickets, 97% of the money. My friends, thank you so much for listening to this show. If you have any questions for us about any games, feel free to tweet us at the Odds Breakers. You can also message us for our Monday mailbag for our earlier podcast next week. Huge thanks to Andy Molitor from Bestverse coming on Breaking Down the NFL. I hope you guys enjoy your weekend. Be safe out there and go get some winners.